0: All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another podcast. I got Tanner Crawford here with me as he slurps on his Slurpee <laughs> from Smoothie King. Hi, guys. <laughs> We're going to have fun with it. You know what? We're just going to have fun with it. We're going to roll with it. You guys, I want to ask a couple things. This is the fifth uh, podcast that I that we've put out. Um, that I've put out personally on my page, and I just ask a couple things. I'm going to talk to you guys about partnering with our church at the end of this podcast. I'd love for you to stay tuned for that, but please feel free to share this. Uh, I want to help build your faith, but our goal is we believe this. We believe that Jesus is coming back. Uh, I think it's very clear by the signs, by the times that we live in, that, that He's coming back soon, sooner rather than later uh, and so we're trying to get the message of the gospel out to as many people as possible. I'm not super techie guy. Tanner, on the other hand, he's he's really good at this stuff. This is not something that is in my lane whatsoever. But God has spoke to me. And the reason we're doing this is because we realize that with the Internet, with uh, you know, Facebook and, and all, it it just, it's a tool that we can use to reach more people with the gospel of Jesus and to help people build faith in people's lives. And so if you listen to this and God speaks to you, we just ask that you help us, that you partner with us and, and share this, share this with somebody, post it on your Facebook and help us just get the message out to people. Uh, you can't get enough of the word of God. I know, I don't know if you're in ministry if if, what background you come from, but guys, I just want to eliminate all competitiveness. I see that a lot in churches is that people are just constantly trying to like compete with one another. And, and instead of helping each other, instead of promoting one another and helping spread the message, we can get in this competition mindset of who's doing more, who's doing less, who's doing better. Again, this is just, we just want to reach people that we would not normally reach. Uh, For some reason, there's just some people that they maybe had a negative experience with church that they wouldn't walk in through the doors of a church right now. But maybe they're going through something and God can speak to them using a a podcast that they can listen to in their car, in their home alone. And God will speak to them. And we need your help to spread the message and put this in front of as many people as possible. Amen. Amen. So we're going to go ahead and get right into this. I don't want to take up a lot of your time. I really appreciate you guys tuning in to listen. But we've been going through prayer and fasting at our church now for a couple months. Uh, we've been looking at keys to answered prayer. I was going to give you the fifth key last week, and I don't know what happened. Uh, but somehow my message got like, I think, I don't know, I think Reagan, our youth girl, burned it. She hated it. I also think that was just such a good message. It'd be detrimental to the enemy for you guys
1: to get that key. So but we're going to bring you that key. We're going to
0: bring it. We're going we're gonna to get back on here either this week, next week. Uh, we'll, we'll get with that, but the key was stubborn faith, man. And it is, it's powerful. We're going to get back to that, but so we're going to kind of just move past that key. We're going to come back to it for the, to give you the last key to answer prayer. And today we're going to conclude talking about prayer, uh, in this series with one of the most important things, practices, tools that I believe every believer should be operating in every single day. And that is the gift of tongues, speaking in tongues, praying in tongues. Uh, You know, a lot of people, I understand this, a lot of people are scared of this topic. A lot of people have grown up in a background or a denomination where they don't really know anything about it. You know, they don't know what the Bible says about it. They don't know uh, the ins and outs. All they know is that they've been taught and they've been told that that's weird, that's scary. You know, we don't do that. We're in this denomination over here and maybe they do that, but they're wrong and that's weird and they're the freaks that are a part of cults and do crazy weird things like that. People have these mindsets and they totally misunderstand what the Bible says about this gift and the powerful things that are released in your life when you operate in this gift. And so our goal today is we just want to help everybody in a couple of ways. One, understand the gift of tongues. And two, today... Uh, help you not only understand, but realize that if you are a believer, you don't have to wait another day. You can start utilizing and walking in this gift today. After listening to this podcast, God has already given that to you, and we're going to help show you the keys to unlock what you already have and so that you can start utilizing it and operating in that gift. So let's go ahead and get into this. I'll give you the point number one, and we're going to try to lay a foundation for you. Point number one, if you're taking notes, tongues is a sign that a believer has received the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let me repeat that one more time. Tongues is a sign that a believer has received the power. I want you to think about that word power of the Holy Spirit. I'm not trying to tell you that if you don't speak in tongues, you're not saved. That is not what I'm telling you. Uh, Jesus talked about a second thing that took place, though. You have to understand the disciples in the upper room before Acts chapter 2 took place, they already had their faith rooted in Christ. They had already seen him resurrected. Jesus had actually already told his disciples, while he was still on the earth, before he even went to the cross, he told them, Rejoice that your names are written in the book of life. You know, they had salvation. But what we saw happen in Acts chapter two was different than just salvation. It's what Jesus said. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. It's going to move past you just being saved to you actually receiving supernatural power that gives you the ability to do things that are above your natural ability to walk with the supernatural power of heaven and perform signs, miracles, wonders, do the things that Jesus did. You will receive power, Jesus said. And so that's what we saw took place, is that when these believers received this gift of power, the evidence of it all throughout Scripture, we're going to look at Acts 2, Acts 10, Acts 19, the evidence was they spoke with tongues. And so again, point number one was tongues is a sign that a believer has received the power of the Holy Spirit. First Scripture, Mark 16, 17 through 18. Jesus said this. You know, I don't know who you are, what your background is, if you're a Baptist preacher or whatever denomination you follow, follow, uh, I'm sorry, fall into, you can argue with John all day long, but we cannot argue with what Jesus said. If we can't come to the same conclusion, we may disagree about a lot of things, but if we can't come to the same conclusion that the, the, the Bible is true and that you can argue with, like like I said, other people, but at the end of the day, Jesus said it, so that's what it is. This is what Jesus said in Mark 16, 17 through 18. These signs will follow those who believe. Believe. I want you to think about that word, believe. He didn't say these signs will follow the Pentecostals. These signs will follow the full Gospels. These signs, we can't separate ourselves. Well, I'm a part of a denomination that, We don't really do that. These signs will follow those who believe. If you are a believer in Christ, this is talking about you. These signs will follow those who believe. He says, in my name, they will cast out demons. Second thing, they will speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them, and they will lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. Let me go back up to the the part I want to emphasize. They will speak with new tongues. So some of the earlier manuscripts, because for some reason the word new throws people off, some of the early manuscripts actually just say they will speak with tongues. It doesn't have the word new in there. Jesus said these signs will follow those who believe they will speak with tongues. Jesus said this, you know, uh, Jesus said that this would be a sign to all who believe in him. So that means, again, the question, is tongues for everybody? If you are a believer, this is for you. Tanner, you got anything to add to that yet? Nope. Okay. So let's keep looking down. Let's look at the first account, Acts chapter 2 one through four. And again, we're just going to lay a foundation for a minute to try to help you here. Acts chapter two, the day of Pentecost. I want you to understand this. The disciples didn't know what they were going to receive. They didn't know what it was going to look like. All they knew in Acts one, before Jesus ascended, right before he ascended into heaven, he told them, wait in Jerusalem until you receive the gift that I've promised. They were sitting there thinking, what is this gift going to look like? What is he talking about? You know, how are we going to know when we've received the gift? Or Is something just going to click? And then all of a sudden we're like, well, I got it. I get it. They didn't have any idea. All they knew was Jesus said, wait, and you will receive power. They didn't know what it looked like. They didn't know what was going to happen. And so tongues, we're going to see in Acts chapter 2, it was even a sign to the disciples that they had received the gift that Jesus was talking about. They got it. Whenever this event took place, it clicked and they said, this is what he was taught. It was a sign to them that they had received the gift that Jesus was talking about. Acts 2, 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost finally had come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. Verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The disciples knew that they had received the gift of the Holy Spirit when they started speaking in tongues. Let's look at Acts chapter 10, 44 through 47. So, um, (coughs) excuse me, again, This is when the gospel is brought to the Gentiles for the first time. Peter had received this vision from the Lord uh, about the the animals and this cloth was unraveled from heaven. He saw all these different animals and God said, kill and eat, don't call anything unclean, which I've made clean. And so God was basically showing Peter that he was taking the message of the gospel outside of just the people of Israel. You have to understand how important this was. The Jews were highly segregated from the Gentiles. The Jews said, we're God's people and everybody else is considered unclean. They were not a part of God's people. They were not a part of the covenant. They were completely separated. And from the, even the disciples had the mindset that this was just for them. They didn't foresee, you know, God opening up to bring in the rest of the world into this covenant uh, and into the people of God. And so, God tells him to go and preach the gospel to the Gentiles. And this is what took place. Again, the sign, a sign, something happened that indicated to Peter and the other Jews that were with them that they had received the promise of the Holy Spirit, that they had been accepted by God. This is Acts chapter 10. So Peter goes to Cornelius's house. He's preaching this message to a room full of Gentiles. And it says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word and those of the circumcision. So talking about the Jews who believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. How did they know the gift had been poured out? Was it because Peter pray, You know, Peter preached and then they said, amen, we accept it. And they go, oh, okay, cool. I guess these guys got it. They're part of it. No, it says they saw that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out. Next verse, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? So Peter looks to his other Jews and says, guys, can you deny they have just received salvation? They just received the Holy Spirit just like we did at Pentecost in the upper room. Tongues, and the the reason they knew that is because they heard the Gentiles. They saw the Gentiles speaking with other tongues. My point number one was tongues is a sign that a believer has received the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to show you another scripture to back this up even further. Acts chapter 19. <clears throat> this is Paul now. You know, Paul, he's on a missionary journey. He's bringing the gospel into all these different provinces and places. And he comes across these guys that they were they knew about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They knew about John the Baptist. They heard about his ministry, that he was telling people, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Okay, And so these guys, they were waiting for the Messiah, but they had not heard the message about Jesus. The last message that they had heard was John the Baptist's message, and they got baptized in water, and so they're sitting there waiting. Well, now years later, Paul comes to them, and brings them this message saying, look, this thing that you're waiting for, let me tell you, it was about Jesus and how Jesus fulfilled what John the Baptist was saying. And so again, they had not received Christ yet, and they had not been baptized with the Holy Spirit. And so uh, the same situation takes place. Again, this is Acts 19, 1-7. Paul preaches the message, and it says, And it happened, while Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus, and finding to some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to them, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, unto what then were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying saying to people that they should believe unto him, who has come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. I want you to see this. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about 12 in all. So Acts 2, Acts 10, Acts 19, Jesus said it in Mark 16, the whole speaking in tongues is a sign that the Holy Spirit, that the power of the Holy Spirit has came upon a believer. It happened all throughout scripture. I just want you to see it is God's will for you to speak in tongues. Jesus said, it, if you're a believer, this sign would follow you. And then we saw that took place again in all of those places, Acts 2, Acts 10, Acts 19, when the gospel was going forward, people were getting saved and then they were receiving the power of the Holy Spirit. When they received the Holy Spirit, they spoke in other tongues. That has not been done away with at all whatsoever. And so, you know, I want to look at this aspect as well of this. You have to understand that we've kind of separated this. This is a message that churches don't even talk about much anymore because we're scared it's going to run people off. We're scared we're going to offend people. We're scared we're going to turn people away. Whatever the reason is, we completely look away from this, but this is so fundamentally important. There was no separation. You have to understand in the early church when the gospel was being preached all over the, you know, being spread out through the world, somebody would get saved, baptized, filled with the holy spirit all in one in one setting that was the model it wasn't let's get them to come to church and let's kind of ease them on in and once we kind of get their trust then we'll kind of start talking about these things when you start doing that that's when you start getting these doctrines and these ideas that you know transformation is just this long process we got to have 12 steps to be free we got to have I mean you fill in the blank that was not what took place these people, not knowing anything, were getting saved. And in one instance, they went from being a sinner, a lost, a part of the world, to being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and receiving supernatural gifting from God to being transformed into the likeness of Christ in one, si- in one setting, in one situation, where God changed everything. And we've separated that, but that is not the way that it should be. We cannot be afraid of this message It is God's will for every New Testament believer to speak in tongues, to pray in tongues, to operate in that gift. Every single believer has that capacity and that ability. Let me back that up with two more scriptures, and we're going to move to point number two. 1 Corinthians 14.5. Paul says this to the, the church in Corinth. I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more, that you prophesied. So that first part, I wish you all spoke with tongues. Another translation is Paul said, it is my will that you all spoke with tongues. It is God's will for you to speak in tongues if you are a New Testament believer. It is so important that as we get into this, that is the foundational, uh, just the, the, the floor we're trying to build for you in this. You have to understand this is God's will for you to operate in this every day. I'll show you 1 Corinthians 4, 14, 8. Paul says this, I thank my God that I speak with tongues more than you all. So first, he, he lays a foundation and says, it's my will, it's God's will that all of you speak with tongues. I wish all of you would do this. And then, so the question is, one, you have to understand that it's God's will for you to operate in that. And two, the question might be, well, how often should I do that? How important is it that I do that? Paul kind of gives us a a little bit of insight right here when he says, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. How would he say that? He's writing to an entire church of hundreds of people. He doesn't know those people. He's not, you know, he doesn't live at those people's house. He doesn't see what their prayer time looks like. He doesn't walk with them. What Paul was trying to say was, Paul was like, Look, guys, I speak in tongues every day multiple times a day, all throughout the day, on all occasions, at all times. What the point that he was trying to make is that it is a gift, not only that you should uh, have and operate in, but you should operate in frequently every single day. The New Testament believer needs to be speaking and praying in the Spirit every single day. In your prayer time, it needs to consist of you praying in the Spirit every day. It is so important. We're going to look at why in a minute. We're going to read from Ephesians. But let me go ahead and jump into point number two and keep moving right along. Tongues is the first gift every believer needs. Tongues is the first gift every believer needs. So let me ask this question. Why? You know, uh, click. All right. Sorry, guys, a little bit of a break there. So point number two, tongues is the first gift every believer needs. So the question is, again, why? Why was it that that was the first gift that they received in Acts 2, Acts 10, Acts 19? Why is it that Jesus said these signs will follow those believe, they will speak in new tongues? What is it about tongues that that was the first gift? Out of all the plethora of gifts, like in 1 Corinthians 12, that there's prophecy, there's healing, there's miracles, there's all of those different gifts. Why is it that they all spoke in tongues first? What? Let me ask you this question. What happens, what is happening in the spirit when we operate in tongues, when we're praying in tongues, when we're speaking in tongues? If you want to write this down, write this statement. Tongues gives you the ability to function at full spiritual capacity, even when you know and understand very little. When you first get saved, you don't know the things about the Bible. You, you haven't spent years reading the scriptures and you know the Old Testament, you know the New Testament, you know the promises of the word of God. Tongues helps you bypass so much of the learning curve of not knowing how to operate fully as a New Testament believer. And we're going to break down several things to show you how that gift works and what happens when you operate in that gift. And why it was so important that that was the fundamental first gift that every believer received in those three portions of scripture, Acts 2, Acts 10, Acts 19. So the question, what happens when you pray and speak in tongues? We're going to give you, I should know this, five five subpoints under point number two of what is happening when you pray and speak in tongues. And again, I have Tanner with me. We're going to be bouncing back and forth. The first point is this. What happens when you pray and speak in tongues? Number one, you build your spirit man up. First Corinthians 14, four, it says, a person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. Jude 20 says, but you dear friends must build each other up in your most holy faith, pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. When you pray in tongues, you are building yourself up. You're bringing strength into yourself that this is a tool that god gave us that would give us strength when we needed strength thinking of about being a brand new believer you know again there's a difference between a new believer and somebody that again has spent the time and knows the word of god me being a pastor and having read the bible several years and knowing a lot of promises in the word if i wake up one morning And I'm feeling tired, right? I've been ministering all week. We've been running, we've been going, and I still have many things to do. And I'm feeling tired. I'm feeling exhausted. Well, John can turn to Isaiah 40 and read how it says, those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They'll soar high on wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not grow tired. I I can stand on the promises of God. And through the word of God, I can strengthen myself. But for a brand new believer that doesn't know the word, for a brand new believer that hasn't had that learning curve, that time, God gave them a tool that would allow them to bypass the learning curve. That literally, He says, when you pray in tongues, you will build, you will strengthen yourself. You'll build your spirit man up. <laughs> One of the biggest factors, and why people end up falling off, is because they face discouragement. We all know you have a job, you have kids, you have a life. As you're growing and walking in God and there's an assignment against you, you're going to go through trials. You're going to go through tribulations. You're going to go through tests. And it's easy to get tired. And And what people end up doing is they get tired and they just quit. They just get tired. They get worn out and, and they think that this is just too hard. They don't have strength, so they quit. God gave them, gave us a tool to bypass that. You can get alone when you wake up and you're feeling tired. You're feeling that those feelings. You can get alone in your prayer time and begin to pray in the spirit three minutes, five minutes. And I promise you, you will find strength. The anointing of God will come upon you and strength will enter into your spirit and into your body. Think of the New Testament church going out, being persecuted. You know, they were being persecuted every day people trying to whip them and kill them and stone them and dragging them out of their houses and the severe persecution coming upon the church. I can promise you one thing. There was times that they probably felt the temptation to give up and be tired and just be worn out. And they're fighting this fight of faith. And God said, look, at the very beginning, I'm gonna give you a tool and a gift that when you start feeling those, those feelings of exhaustion and being tired and you need strength and you need to be built up, speak and pray in the spirit and you will build your spirit up. You will uh you will I will you will usher in strength into your physical body to continue on forward with the mission that I have set before you. Second thing, what's hap- what happens when you pray and speak in tongues? The second thing, God will pray through you when you don't know how or what to pray. This is a big question that a lot of brand new christian struggle with they don't know how to pray we've been looking at the last several weeks how important prayer is that prayer is the thing that brings things into your life that moves mountains in your life that matures you that develops you that helps you uh, walk and receive the things that god wants you to receive prayer is so instrumental and so important but again a lot of brand new believers they don't know how to pray you know, they don't know the things that Jesus said about prayer. They don't know how to ask God. They don't know how to stand in authority. They don't know how to speak to mountains and speak to giants and, and move the pieces that need to be moved and, and go through the doors that need to... They don't know how to operate in that. And this is so amazing. Romans eight twenty six. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. Why don't you think about that word? A side note, weaknesses. Again... My statement was Tongues is the first gift every believer needs because it helps you. All the weaknesses that you experience as a brand new believer, it helps you completely bypass those. Well, I need strength. It gives you strength. Well, I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to say. Romans 8:26. For when we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us. The Spirit makes intercession for us. I don't know what to pray. Pray in tongues, pray in the Spirit, and the Spirit will pray what needs to be prayed. You have to understand God is present in your past, right now, and in your future. God knows what's going to take place one year from now, 10 minutes from now, a week from now. God knows things that are happening in your future, even things, assignments that are coming against you that you can't even see the assignment coming against your child that you can't even see, the assignment coming against your, your family, the assignment coming against your ministry, the different things taking place, not only the assignment, but things that need to be released and doors that need to be opened. When you're brand new to this and you're trying to figure this out, and this is a thing, this is why it's so important, the gift of tongues, is you can't just sit back and just not pray, not speak, not release anything with your faith and expect God to just make it all happen. We've been given the authority, but a lot of believers early on, they don't know how to use your authority. And so God gave us a, a tool that would still allow us to use that authority as us being the vessel, even though we have little understanding about what's going on. You don't know what to pray? Pray in the spirit. The spirit will see the things that needs to be done. The Spirit will see the mountains that need to be moved. The Spirit knows what's taking place one week from now and the words that need to be released and the prayer that needs to be released to line yourself up with what's gonna be taking place. And it says the Spirit will intercede for you. When you don't know what to pray, pray in the Spirit and the Spirit will pray and intercede for you. The third thing, the Spirit aligns you with the perfect will of God. This goes right along with what I just said. Romans 8, 27, It says, and the Father knows all hearts, knows that the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. Let me tell you again why this is so important. The Bible says that from the fruit of your mouth, you shall be filled, that you will have what you say. People say this, you know, name it and claim it type of faith, but the Bible speaks that God said, let there be light and there was light. Jesus told Peter to come. And when he released that word, Peter was able to walk on the water. You have to speak things into existence. We are made in the image of God. The Bible says in the book of James that like a horse is led by a little bit inside of his mouth. This giant horse is directed by this little bit. A giant ship is directed by this little rudder that that points left, that points left and uh, left and right. And that's the direction the ship goes in. It says in the same way, your words and your tongue direct the direction that your life is going to go in. A brand new Christian doesn't know. They struggle with, with knowing the right things to say, knowing the right things to release, uh, speaking those things into existence, operating in that authority. And this is what's so amazing. It says the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. If you're struggling with the quest- with the question, oh man, I just don't know what God's will is for my life. I just don't, I just feel like I'm not functioning in my full purpose to my full capacity that God has something more for me. I just don't know what that is. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know where that is. Start praying in tongues and you will literally start seeing doors open up. You will literally start seeing things shifting and taking place. Uh, You know, if you're struggling with an addiction, You're like, man, I just need to know how to walk out this freedom. I need to know how to get from where I am to being fully recovered and and being done with this. Start praying in tongues. Start praying in the spirit and start watching people drop out of your life. Start watching doors being shut and doors being open. That when you pray in tongues, you are aligning your life up with the perfect will of God. Because again, God made a rule. Your life will follow your words. So the amazing thing is you can pray in tongues and the Spirit uses you, your mouth, your tongues, your tongue, your words, and it releases the perfect will of God and your life will follow it even though you don't know the words that you're saying. But the principle is still true. Your life will follow the words coming out of your mouth. So when you pray in the Spirit, it says the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. Let's move to the fourth Tongues is your direct line to God. 1 Corinthians 14.2, it says, For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God. Since people won't be able to understand you, you will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, and it will be mysterious. If you have the ability to speak in tongues, which you do, we just saw Mark uh, Mark 16.17, Jesus said, These signs will follow those who believe. You will be talking only to God. This is so encouraging because a lot of people, especially early Christians, new believers struggle with, again, is God hearing my prayers? They feel like, you know, it's just hitting an empty roof and and they're not hearing from God and God's not hearing from them. And they struggle with feeling this connection. I want to encourage you in two ways. Smith Wigglesworth made this quote. He said, I am not moved by what I feel. I am not moved by what I think. I am moved only by what I believe. So what he is saying, what I believe is what the word of God says. This is this is the key. When you speak in tongues, when you pray in tongues, tongues is your direct line to God. What you're saying, it's like you're putting your mouth right to the ear of God and God immediately hears what you're saying. And it, it, the second it leaves your mouth, it is instantaneously received by God. And God then, on the flip side, God instantaneously speaks, and it's like a download into you. You know, a lot of people struggle with this. Like in Daniel, his, when he went on his 21-day fast, he prayed and fasted for 21 days. And it says that the, the angel came and said, Daniel, from the first day that you prayed, God heard you. But the answer took 21 days to come back because there was the spirit, this principality You know, that was in the old covenant and it was preventing Daniel from receiving an answer to the prayer. But in the new covenant, it says that God has given us this tool. You pray in the spirit and you will be speak. It's a direct line to God that cannot be interfered with. That means that there is no demon in hell that could prevent you from receiving the download that God is trying to give you. I'll tell you how this works. So many times when I'm praying you know, I'm seeking direction for my church, for my life. I'll go and I'll pray in tongues and all of a sudden things will just start coming to me. This is what I need to do. It's like I just know this is the way I need to expand the ministry. This is the way I need to rethink what I'm doing and, and I need to rework this thing over here. I need to go in this direction over here. God It's a direct line to God for you for the spirit to speak to the Lord and for a direct line for God to download things into your spirit and lead you and guide you and direct you from the inner witness of the Holy Spirit inside of you. Let's move to the next one. Tongues is a weapon against the enemy. Ephesians 6, I promised you this. We're going to talk about the armor of God. Let me ask you this question. This answers the first question I posed that people feel like, is tongues for me? You have two sets of people. One set, they don't believe in tongues at all. The other set, they believe in the gift, but they just don't believe it's for everyone. Let me ask you this question. Is the armor of God for every believer or for some believers? Everyone. Everyone. We're going to break this down in Ephesians chapter six. Paul said, therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then, after the battle, you'll be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth, the body armor of God's righteousness. The shoes put on peace that comes from the good news. You'll be fully prepared. In addition to these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and the sword of the Spirit, which is God's word. Let me ask you this. Is salvation for everybody or for some? Everybody, everybody has access to salvation. The, the Bible says that it is God's will that all men should come to the knowledge of Christ and that they should repent and receive the salvation. It's peace for everybody for some. It's for everybody. It's truth for everybody for some. For everybody. It's faith. The Bible literally says without faith it is impossible to please God. So we understand nobody will debate that the armor of God is for every believer. That's that's obvious. But we all skip the very next verse, verse 18. Pray in the Spirit at all times on every occasion. The Spirit is for everybody just like salvation. Praying in tongues, I'm sorry. Praying in the Spirit is for everybody just like salvation is, just like truth is, just like peace is, just like every other piece of the armor Part of the armor is praying in the spirit at all times on every occasion. What happens when you do that? We look at what we just read in 13. It says that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. So praying in tongues is literally a weapon and a tool against the enemy. Again, you may be a brand new believer and you're like, I don't know how to speak to mountains and watch them move. I don't know how to be like David, as we shared in our other podcast, and cut off the head of the giant. I don't know how to use this authority. This is why it's a weapon. When you pray in the Spirit, you are binding things. You are binding spirits. You are operating in full spiritual capacity, even though you have little understanding about what you're doing. Because the Spirit is using you as a vessel, your voice, your mouth, your words, your tongue, the authority Christ has given us, but it supersedes and surpasses the learning curve of not understanding. And and we're operating at full spiritual capacity, just like Jesus by using the gift that God has given us, which is praying and speaking in tongues. I want to skip to the third point. Tanner, you got anything you want to add about tongues yet? Not yet. Not yet. Third point, use what you have been given. Again, Mark 16, 17. This is the third and final point. It says Jesus said these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They'll cast out demons, they'll speak in tongues. If you're a believer, you have the ability and the capacity to speak in tongues. I hope that through this podcast that you've understood that for one, it was a sign. They did it in Acts 2, they did it in Acts 10, they did it in Acts 19. Jesus said that if you're a believer, this sign would follow. And we saw that take place in the scripture. How can we move forward now in the modern church and create denominations and separations and say, no, that's not for everybody. Tanner, what do you think? What is the, why is that so prevalent today in the modern church? What? What do you mean? That tongues is not for everybody that thought, where oh, do you think that comes from? I think it
1: comes from an underlying issue of laziness. <laughs>
0: Straight to it.
1: I mean, you wanted me to be honest with you. Yeah, be honest. You know, you know, I think that as Christians, a lot of the times what people want to do is they they get this ideology that Christianity is where you meet up in a building twice a week, you have fellowships on the weekends, and then you send your kids to youth camp. Um, and I think a lot of the, I think a lot of it falls under the fact that people truly, either they don't know or they don't want to be able to speak in tongues. They don't want to believe that it's something that's for everybody. Uh, you know, it's, it's just like if I had a, if I was driving my car and I made the statement, well, having insurance is not for everybody. I mean, is that necessarily a true statement? It's not a true statement because if you drive a vehicle, you have to have insurance, right? If you are, if you're as a, if you are a vessel for, you know, for Jesus Christ and you're a Christian, you need to have the gift that the Holy Spirit <laughs> gives you. But I think that the biggest issue, like I said, man, It's just laziness. It's people not wanting to deal with their issues and people not wanting to accept the fact that Christ has given us a responsibility.
0: And so I, I think that that's... I think, too, also, I mean, genuinely, I feel like people don't know because the church doesn't teach this. Right. You know, we're going to end up talking about partnering with us as well, but one, there's two things, you know, that are huge. Tongues is is something that, that again, the modern church... It's scared of. It's something that we completely disassociate ourselves from because we're scared it's gonna run people off. That's weird. That's cultish. That's free. You know, we completely separate ourselves because we're scared that people think you'll never build a church, you know, operating in that gift. That's just gonna run people away. And so because of that, people genuinely don't know. The only thing that they've known is they've grown up being taught that that that's weird, that's scary. They don't understand the gift and, and the reality that it is for you as a believer. And then it's something that we should be operating in every single day. Paul said again in Ephesians 6, pray in the spirit at all times on every occasion. That's a key indicator. How often should we be doing this? Every day, all the time, Multiple times a day, it's a key part of our faith as New Testament believers, and people just don't know because, again, it's it's something that's not taught. If you looked at meetings, you know, I know we're in our 20s, we're younger, but I look at meetings from like Kenneth Hagin, you know, full gospel meetings 20 years ago, 30 years ago, you would not see um, a gathering where you would not see that gift functioning, somebody speaking in tongues and it being interpreted, and in the modern church you know, we've just built these super friendly user friendly that Sunday morning, we're not going to go too deep. We're not going to give people the full truth. We're going to try to like walk them into it. And then a year into it, you know, maybe we'll, we'll have the discussion with them, man. It's just so crazy how we've wandered, And so I feel like people genuinely just do not know, you know, that there, but the other side of it too, is there is a form of. Laden-ish. Yeah. I, I feel like I need to re
1: reiterate what I said. So, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I was sitting here on my phone and I wasn't really paying attention. <laughs> so it kind of caught me off guard a little bit. I do honestly do think that about 20% of it is laziness, but I do think a really big part of it is like John said, people just don't know. And it's, and, and it's, I think that the way that he just described it was beautiful and it's accurate. You, you know, you have pastors this day and age that, you know, they preach these amazing messages. They really do. They're awesome. They speak volumes. And then it comes time to you know, go to the altar and these people get saved. And then it's like, we'll see you next week and we'll talk about what you do when you get saved. Right. Uh, and I think it's really important that right there, when that when when they're captivated by the Spirit, it's to go ahead and, you know, allow them the Holy Spirit to be imparted into them. Yeah. And for them to speak in tongues and for them to realize that they're empowered. I mean, it's like I told you earlier. When I when I get when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it was literally 17 hours after I got saved. Yeah, and now there have been people that have—it's literally been been saved. Boom! Ten minutes later, they're speaking in tongues. Those are real occurrences, and so I think it's really important that you understand that speaking in tongues—you do not have to be a mature Christian. You don't have to be a Christian for ten years before you can speak in tongues.
0: Well, let me show you this. This is this is the model of the early church, and we've mentioned this. Acts two. This just came to me while you were saying that Peter said this in Acts two thirty-eight. He he preaches the gospel to the crowd. And they say, what should we do? Peter lays this outline. Each of you must repent of your sins, turn to God, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit.
1: Boom, right there, laid out. Boom, boom, boom,
0: boom. Boom, boom. You get saved. You get baptized. You get filled with the power. You receive the Holy Spirit. You speak in tongues and you go from somebody that's a sinner to what the Bible says. You're a new creation now. You have a gift that you can know nothing But if you operate in this gift is why it was the first gift. Now you can like literally the things that we just broke down that happens when you speak in tongues. Now you have the gift that will keep you built up at all times, allow you to pray the perfect prayer at all times, allow you to uh, stay and align yourself with the perfect uh, will of God at all times, allow you to have a direct line of communication with God at all times, allow you to have a weapon to fight against the enemy, to stand firm against every attack at all times. Instantly from a sinner to saved by grace, new creation.
1: Right, and then the church. You know, and I don't, I don't, bat, I don't like to bash the church. In fact, I don't, I don't agree with that. I believe that there are parts of the churches, you know, where that need rebuke and correction. Um, but I really think it's important, you know. And if you're a pastor and you're listening to this, I really encourage you. Like John said, we're young. We we realize that, but the way that we believe, we've seen fruit from it. Amen. We've seen fruit in the last three months that most pastors don't see in six to ten years. (laughs) I mean, and that's not to say because we're just so special and we're so great. It's because when you really dive into the word and you believe, and not only you believe it, but you preach it in its fullness, the most amazing fruit, the fruit that, like I said, that pastors work 30 years to see will appear and will show up in your life in a month. Because the word of God works. I mean, and it does. And it Speaking in tongues is an accelerant for the believer.
0: Oh, absolutely. When the
1: believer begins to speak in tongues, Satan gets twice as worried as he does when they affirm salvation. And that's just the way that I see it. Because if someone is a Christian and they get saved, but they never accept the the Holy Spirit into their life or the, or they never are empowered by the Holy Spirit. And, and I don't mean to be blunt. I just want to be honest. What good are they to the kingdom of God? Right. They're saved and they're going to go to heaven if they die. Absolutely. I I just want to say that. But also, do you want to be known as the Christian who got saved, got filled with the Holy Spirit, laid their hands on the sick, and the sick were healed? You want to be known as the Christians that put the hospitals out of business?
0: right? Or do
1: you want to be known as a Christian who just got saved
0: and did nothing with it? Well, we're not following the model of Jesus as ministers. You know, ministers, it seems like churches want to carry all the power, and they want to leave people, we just get saved and then we don't give them these keys. But Jesus understood something. There is a mission to bring the kingdom of heaven on the earth. And he modeled this. He told his disciples, it's better for you that I go. Why? Because the anointing that I have that's in one man, that's in one human being right now, is going to be poured out like it says in Acts chapter 2. It says, in the last days, my spirit will be poured out unto all believers. Sons and daughters will prophesy, spot yeah. side, they'll have dreams. Jesus said, the same anointing that I have is not, not going to be in one person. It's going to be in a hundred people, in a million people. And we are going to be able to go into all the earth, heal the sick, cast out demons, do the works that Christ did. And when we just get people saved and we don't preach the full gospel, we are limiting the power of the kingdom of heaven and advancing the kingdom of heaven here on the earth. Right. I don't think Jesus
1: was just spitting snot bubbles when he said, you're going to do greater things than even I did. Amen. Jesus was one man, a God, God in the form. Of course he, he was able to accomplish a lot of things, but just imagine if we really took heed to everything that God, Jesus has promised us that we could do even greater things than he did. You know, not that we're greater than Jesus, But the the actions and the miracles and the the fruits that we would bear would be even greater than the ones that he bore in his 30-something-odd years of ministry here on the earth.
0: Amen. I believe that as well. And, you know, we're going to move into point number three, what we just said. Use what you have been given. Use what you've been given. Uh, You know, you have the ability. And, okay, so I also, we made this statement, and we're going to wrap this up for you. But a lot of people don't operate in it because they don't understand how the gifts of the Spirit work. You know, uh, Even looking at Mark 16, one of the things that Jesus said at the end is they'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. How many of you know that if I'm going to pray for the sick, that is an action of my will? God does not possess my body. And all of a sudden I'm sitting there and my hands start coming up and like like the little hand from it and i'm like oh my god what's happening you know i start shaking and my legs start moving and i like run over and slap my hand on somebody and then this you know god yeah. starts praying no i have to act on what jesus said i have to literally get up with my legs with my will with my hand walk over place my hand on the sick and my faith acting on what jesus said i could do as a believer is what uh, is the conduit for the miracle where you see the sick healed. And so it's the same way with the gift of tongues. So many people don't operate in it because you know they think that uh, they're waiting. Like like you said, you told a story once of when you received it, there was a minister and he just said, open your mouth. And then people just stood there, with their hands open in their mouths, and they're just like waiting for God to start speaking through them. That, that That's not the way that it works. They're still waiting to like have this thing where God just does it through them. But the point is, use what you've been given. You're a believer, so you already have the capacity to operate in this gift. What you need to start doing is just start doing it. Start praying in tongues. We're gonna pray in a minute that you would just begin to operate in this gift because it is already inside of you. You're a believer, you have the Holy Spirit activated. Start operating in it. Uh, None of the gifts work just by God possessing your body, God's not gonna possess your body and start making your your jaw wiggle back and forth and your lips flap and your tongue flap inside of your mouth. You have to speak. That's how you get Slipknot songs. <laughs> <laughs> Tanner earlier was like, "Isn't that a Christian man? And yeah. I'm like, um, "I had no clue who Slipknot was." <laughs> I guess I don't know. What I guess some people would consider Christians nowadays. <laughs> oh, whoa, <laughs> that got dark. They're not ready for that one. Anyways. So guys, what I want you to do, I want you to understand how important this gift is, how important it is that you start operating in it today. I want to move into this next segment really quick. And as I encouraged you in the beginning of the podcast, I want to encourage you now. We are trying to spread this message. Again, we believe Jesus is coming back very soon. Uh, So we want you to partner with us in two ways. First way is help us share this podcast. Again, a lot of people, for a lack of vision, people perish. For a lack of knowledge and understanding, people suffer. People don't understand this message alone, the message of tongues, why it's for every believer, why it was the first gift, why it's God's will for you to receive this gift and start operating in it immediately at salvation because of the benefits, because of what's happening in the spirit. People don't know. They're ignorant to it. Help us. Share the podcast, you know, get on there, get on Facebook. There's no competition here. We want to use social media. We want to use the internet. We want to use these things as a tool to put the message of the gospel, to equip, to empower people, to bring the kingdom of heaven to the earth and bring in the harvest of salvation of souls for the return of Jesus Christ. We need your help. And if you would partner with us in sharing these teachings, Uh, it would just help us and it would benefit the kingdom of God, the message of the gospel. I made a Facebook post and I said, look, maybe you're new to this and maybe you can't get on a podcast yet and, and teach a lesson in depth about tongues and you don't know the scripture. You're not there yet, but you can do this. You can help us spread the message that we're sharing. And so we ask you to do that. The second thing I want to cover briefly before we pray for two things, partner with us financially. Uh, We want to ask you to give, and I want to explain that in a moment of of where you can give first, but I'm going to explain what happens, why God instructs us to do that in the Word of God and the promises that He gives us when we act on those promises. But if if you're looking where to give, you can give to NBC, like New Beginnings Church, NBC, Huntington, H-U-N-T-I-N-G-T-O-N.org. So it's nbchuntington.org. There's a, a, a thing, if you're on your phone, on the bottom you'll see a, a button where you, you can, you'll, I'm sorry, it'll say give now, sow a seed. You can click that button and button and you can sow into our church. Uh, if you're on a laptop, a device like that, there's a, a, a section at the top that says give and it'll take you to the same screen. I'm going to put the link in the podcast to give on our website. And let me just tell you this. God has instituted giving for the believer to break poverty off your life. The devil will try to tell you that the way that you're going to increase on this earth is by hoarding, is by collecting, is by living with a clenched fist. And you think, man, I want to get somewhere in the world. I need to save. I need to build a little nest and pour into it and invest. Jesus gives us promises, there's only one way to financially increase according to the word of God, and that is giving. We're going to go over a couple of scriptures, but you know, you can look at Malachi 3. Look at Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. Look at Luke 6. Look at 2 Corinthians 9. This is such a sore subject for people to talk about that churches are scared to talk about because the devil has planted that seed. He wants the church broken poor, and he wants believers broken poor. Why? Because the Bible says the rich rule over the poor. The devil would much rather have uh, drug dealers and you know, people that own strip clubs and people that, that, are, that are actors in pornography. I mean, crazy, wicked people in the world, and I'm not judging them. We love people, but he would rather have those people at high places of influence than the church. And God wants to rise you to a place of influence and power. You have to understand that as a Christian, as the church, we are meant to be the light. We are meant to be the salt. We are meant to be the solution. It is our job to eradicate poverty in our communities. It's our job to feed the hungry. It's our job to take care of the widows. It's our job to do these things Christ commanded us to do. And I'm going to tell you, it takes money to do those things. How many of you know, I can feed more people if I have a million dollars than if I have $15? Mm. I can fulfill the mission of Christ and advance the kingdom of heaven on this earth with resources. And the devil wants to keep that out of our hand as a church and out of your hand as a believer. But 2 Corinthians 9 talks about sowing. And so I want you to sow for two reasons today. For one, to partner with us as we take the gospel forward. Uh, you love God, you love the gospel, and you have to have a love inside of you for advancing his kingdom. Y'all, we do this so often. I've heard it say that we we pay the world and we tip God. Well, We're so easy, we're so fast. Let's go on a vacation and drop two grand. Let's go to the store and buy a $1,500 TV. Let's go and and buy, 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 spin, spin, spin. We pay the world, but when it comes to the kingdom of God, this is what Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. When it comes to the kingdom of God, we're like, man, we're not going to give to that. And people try to make churches you know, feel bad for teaching about money, but we will not be ashamed because this is the key to breaking poverty off of your life. Amen. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9 that giving is like sowing a seed. You sow the seed. I have one pumpkin seed. I plant that pumpkin seed in the ground and it becomes a pumpkin I split that pumpkin open and inside that pumpkin there's 10 more pumpkin seeds. I take 10 more I take 7 of those pumpkin seeds and I plant and I keep 3 for me and I put 7 back in the ground. Now 7 pumpkins grow. I split those pumpkins open and now there's 70 pumpkin seeds. And you see now now before when I had 1 seed now I have a harvest. Now I have a field. This is why God wants you to sow. It's not only to back and advance the kingdom of God and help us move the mission forward. And advance the kingdom of God, but it is to prosper you. 2 Corinthians 9 says that God will provide seed for the sower. When you become a sower, God will greatly enrich and increase your resources is what 2 Corinthians 9 says. I want you to sow to the ministry, to our church with faith, expecting harvest expecting God, I'm gonna take this seed and I'm gonna sow it I'm gonna put it in your hand. Let me tell you that everything put in the hand of God multiplies. Look at the fish that was put, the fish and bread that was put in Jesus' hand. He took a couple loaves of bread and a couple fish and he fed thousands of people with it. Why? Because everything put in the hand of God multiplies. You take what you have, as little as you think that it is, and you put it in the hand of God with your faith behind the promises, the word of God, God will multiply. He will produce a harvest. You will receive that harvest. And I'm going to pray for every one of you that sow and partner with our church. Let me tell you this, though. We don't only believe this as individuals. Last month, our church gave 30% of its income away. Why? What did we do? You know, the first thing that we did that we felt called to do is we pay off all the school launch bills from kindergarten through 12th grade in our community kindergarten through 12th grade. Why? We live in a, a community where we have literally made poverty our personal business. We said, God, we are going to eradicate poverty in, in our town. That we look at these kids, that they, they come from homes that aren't good and they, can't, they don't have money to pay for their school lunches. So two things are happening. Either A, they're not getting a lunch or B, uh, they're getting a different lunch and then they're being bullied because everybody knows that they're broke and they can't pay for their lunches. We as the church have said, this is not the government's problem. This is not somebody else's problem. This is our responsibility. And so we, every month, we write a check and we pay off all the debt so that no kid in our community goes without eating. No kid in our community uh, will lack anything. We've taken that responsibility on. Every month we feed 50 people in our community food boxes. It's enough for a small family to eat and make meals for about a week. Uh, and, and when they, we bring them in, we give them a food box, but we also host a service for them where we preach the gospel. We're seeing people get saved. We're seeing people getting filled with the spirit. We're meeting their needs physically and also spiritually. This is the job of the church. I'm going to tell you, we believe that God has called us. We're trying to build a church of a thousand people in a community of 3000. God can do that. That's 33% of our community. So, uh, saved, baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost, expanding the kingdom of God. We're believing for that, and so we have stood on God's word that's the same that I'm telling you is the same for us as a church. If we want to increase, it's not by getting more people to tithe. It's not by building the cooler things and bringing people in. There's only one way to increase according to the word of God, and that's giving. And so we've given 30% away last month alone. And I'm telling you this, I want to see poverty stripped off and broken off of your life and you living in the abundance that God has promised us. I'm going to pray for that. Again, I'm going to put the link to our church website. This is not going to me. This is not going to Tanner. This is going to our church, newbeginningshuntington.org, nbchuntington.org, to help us partner to help us partner partner with us in spreading the message of the gospel. So I'm going to ask Tanner to pray right now for everybody to receive this gift, that if you are not saved, that if you want to give your life to Jesus and you want to start immediately operating in this gift, or maybe you are saved and you're saying, I need to activate it. From this day forward, I'm going to walk in full capacity of the gift that God has planted inside of me. Tanner's going to pray, and then I'm going to pray for all. Uh, who sow a seed and partner with us.
1: God, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that we don't have to wander aimlessly through life, wondering what we have to do, what our purpose is. God, we thank you so much that we don't have to depend on manly wisdom. God, that your word sets out everything in black and white that we need to do. So, Father, right now in Jesus' name, if there's anyone under the sound of my voice that, number one, doesn't know you, God, I pray in Jesus' name, wherever you're at right now, I just want you to, I just want you to repeat this prayer after me. The Bible says that if you acknowledge me in front of man in heaven, then I'll acknowledge or man on earth and I'll acknowledge you as in front of my Father in heaven. So right now, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ in your life, I want you to pray this prayer with me and I want you to meet it in your heart. Jesus, thank you so much for dying on the cross. Thank you for the blood that you shed at Calvary. And i right now in Jesus' name, I declare myself a new creation in Christ. Hallelujah. The old is past and the new has come for there is no, there will be no more sin and no more iniquities in my life from now until eternity. I am yours, Jesus. Now, if you've just if you've just prayed that prayer and you meant it, let's go ahead and go to the next level. If you say, Tanner, I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I want to speak in new tongues. I want to be able to be empowered to put my hands on the sick and they be healed. Right now, I just want you to raise your hands wherever you're at, whether you're at work, you're at home, you're in the bathroom. I don't care where you're at. The Holy Spirit wants to minister to you right now. So, G, in Jesus' name, God, for any and everybody that wants to receive, I pray that your Holy Spirit be imparted from me. From From John, from God directly into the believer in Jesus' name, right now. And what I want you to begin to do, as the Spirit begins to be imparted within you, I want you to begin to speak in your new language. God's sickness, right now, in Jesus' name, over the body of the believer, it must go. God, Lord, Your Word says that if we come to know You and we live for You, that You will take sickness from among us. God, You, You didn't say that You would make sickness bearable. God, that You You didn't say that you would send more doctors you didn't say that you would send the adequate medicine god you said that you would pour that you would take sickness from among us so right now in jesus name sickness must go god in jesus name i pray for the believer that has just been empowered by the holy spirit god i pray that as this seed has been casted on fertile ground God, that Satan will not be able to snatch it, that the sparrows will not be able to snatch it, that this seed has been planted and landed on fertile ground, and it will grow and yield crops the size of of, of the entire galaxy. God, we thank you so much for the words that you've given us. God, your word says that that when we come to you, we are a new creation in Christ. We are no longer held prisoner to our past. We are no longer held prisoners to the things that we've done in our past. We are now a new creation in Christ, God, a brand new canvas to paint on. So we thank you so much that in Jesus' name, under the sound of my voice, that there have been there have been salvations and there have been Holy Spirit baptisms. Hallelujah. And I just encourage you, as I get ready to finish praying and wrap up, if you do not have a church home, I encourage you right now, if you live in the East Texas area, I encourage you to come try out New Beginnings. But most importantly, find a church that preaches the full gospel. Find a church that preaches that God wants to give you a life and a life more abundantly. God, find you a church that, that, that pushes you and pushes you and pushes you to be the best you that you can be in Christ. Hallelujah. God, we just thank you so much for the results that have come forth from this podcast, and I pray that you would just continue to bless those. And God, bless John and I for being obedient and God and preaching and teaching your word in its fullness. Amen. God, thank you so much for everything that you've done, and it's in Jesus' mighty name.
0: I just declare every person that is partnering with <clears throat> us as we move the mission of the gospel, we advance the kingdom of heaven forward. <inaudible> for a blessing to be poured <inaudible> out on <inaudible> their life. Uh, that this is the year of supernatural yes. harvest and accelerated harvest. And so we know that, that Jesus taught about seed. Lord, Jesus said that, that seed would be planted in fertile soil, that this is fertile soil. Hallelujah. That this is not saving the dolphins, that this is not, uh, you know, rescuing. Uh, seals in the ocean, that this is preaching the message of the gospel, advancing the kingdom of heaven. This is as fertile as soil can get. And Jesus said seed planted in fertile soil would go on to produce 30, 60, and 100 fold what was sown. Yes. Lord, that even a small amount sowed, I pray right now for faith to be but to be backing the seed that is being planted that would go on to produce the harvest. Lord, and then this is also a year for accelerated harvest. The same way that Jesus turned water into wine, that that's a process that takes 20, 30 years. Jesus made it happen instantaneously. And so I just speak for accelerated harvest that this seed would not be something that that takes six months to come in, a year to come in, that immediately as it's sown, things are going to start opening up immediately as it's sown, the return is on its way immediately and that people are going to take that harvest and split it open like a pumpkin, like a fruit and see the seed that's inside of them. They a $100. They oh, sow whatever man. that is, that they're going to get the harvest, and that harvest is literally going to be Amen. full of the seeds oh, that they sowed. And then then from that, they're going to take, and they're going to begin to build this reward and sow into the kingdom of God and that you will richly increase their resources according to 2 Corinthians 9. Lord, and that you are going to grow men and women to become men and women, that their purpose on this earth is funding the mission of heaven and funding the preaching of the gospel gospel as they partner with us that they will be what Paul said they will actually partake in the reward that we have that every soul that comes to Christ that they help make possible that they are going to receive a piece of that reward in heaven. We thank you for that Lord. I declare that over their life multiplication, fruitfulness, and increase in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name we said Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. Again, we're going to put the link. It's NBCHuntington.org. We would love to hear your testimonies uh, as you share this podcast, as you partner with us, and also as God is, is ministering to you, we would love to hear. It. If you've spoken tongues, if you receive the power of the Holy Spirit, share those testimonies with us because the Bible says it's from the word of the testimony, the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimonies, we overcome your story and We can share on these podcasts, and as we go live soon and start broadcasting these on Facebook Live, uh, they will actually help break chains of bondage off somebody else and set them free. So feel free, please. It will help us so much as you share uh, your testimony of what God is doing for you. Uh, So be blessed in Jesus' name. Thank you for tuning in.